Welcome to Pivot with Greta Scholes, a conversation with business executives on changes in their business and what they've done when those things happen. So today, I am talking to Sandy Donovan from BNI, uh, BNI South Florida. What's amazing is Sandy and I are sitting with each other because we have tried this about five different times and um, technical difficulties, probably on my end. If anybody knows me, they know I can't handle that. So we're going to do it this way. But anyway, I want to introduce Sandy a little bit. Sandy is, um, and I'm going to read, so too bad, I'm not looking at it. So um, Business International is the world's largest business referral organization with over 300,000 members and 11,000 chapters around the world. In 1997, Sandy Donovan started BNI South Florida, an award-winning uh, region now in its 25th year. Welcome. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you. Finally handling this. I know. So, so let me ask you a question. Back then, um, people didn't really understand networking like they do today. Right. So how did you attract people to each group? And I would assume that if somebody wants to get in, they get in. Right? I mean, that's pretty right. much how that, right? I mean, I know that's the assumption. So talk about that a little bit. Well, we first started uh, in 90, uh, it was 97 we first launched the, the first chapter. In 96, we were kind of gathering together the, the initial group of people that might be interested. So the idea is, um, is everybody thinks if the seat's open and they're the first person in with an application that they get the seat. And the idea really is that you're building relationships with people. So it has to be... I always say that you attract what you are, not what you want. So if you are a successful, um, driven person and you're part of this organization and you invite other people, you're going to be inviting other people that are in your peer group, whether it's business peer group or or personal, um, and they're going to be attracted to come because you're involved with it. So you're going to attract more people like yourself. So to have it open to just anybody that wants to be in that seat, uh, Obviously, anybody can interview for it, but you want to be selective on who you get in there because those people are basically going to be carrying your message for you and uh, and your credibility. So it's really important that you get the right people in right from the beginning. That's true. So how do you decide that? I mean, when you're interviewing people, I know you know the process isn't necessarily you interviewing everybody anymore. Right. But how do you? How does that process work? And how do you figure out this person's probably going to be you know a good member, a good contributor, or they're not. You know, it's it's not unlike meeting people that uh, that you become friends with or that you pull into your circle because there's a connection there. So when it was me interviewing years ago, you get it right more often than you don't, but you're not going to get it right every time. So when I'm training people now that are doing the interviewing, when we train membership committees, uh, we uh, we tell them please make sure that when you're interviewing people, we have a list of questions that we we want them to ask and. I always tell them, listen for the answer, but also listen for the level of um, interest, the the level of uh, energy that they're putting out, because every person that you're impressed with, that, you know, when you, when you go out and you're meeting with people, wherever it is, it could be a chamber function, it could be, you know, business development board, it could be any function where you're out meeting people, certain people impress you right away, and they uh, they're typically confident in what they do, they carry their message well, and that's important because if they're going to be speaking about your business, you want them to carry your message well. Right. And, and that's the difficulty, I think, because 
you know, I mean, obviously, years ago, I was involved in, in B&I as well. Now I travel more, so I don't have the ability. But I remember being in it, and you want people to understand your message. And there are certain people that absolutely get it and other people that really don't. I remember very early on, there was a man in our group. I don't even remember what he did. And I remember him saying, um, I don't know how we got on the subject, but I remember him saying, well, you know, obviously, we're here on Thursday morning, but as soon as we leave here, we forget all about it till the next Thursday. <laughs> And I mean, I think everybody was like, wow, you absolutely don't get this because it is an ongoing thing. I mean, how do people bring that up to others? What is the best way for them to share other members' message without going, hey, I have this book of business cards. You want to use somebody? I mean, I know yeah. that's a way, but what are some of the ways they can do that? Well, I usually tell people when they're doing their commercials on a weekly basis or their weekly presentations, the idea is that you want to think of the other people in your chapter as your sales force, right? So you're trying to train them. Right. And you're trying to train them what to look for and what to listen for when they're out there doing their own business during the week. Right. So you're basically planting seeds. And when you plant seeds, you don't get the return immediately, but you plant a seed and then down the road, you get the results of it. So one, one story that I told them was we had a, one of my uh, directors, actually, and I asked, what would be your dream referral? And he said, I would love, you know, I'd love an introduction to an HR company, uh, or an H I'm sorry, an HR director. And I said, he said, I, I'm trying to get an introduction to this particular company. And it was funny because this particular company was a property management company, and it was down in the Wellington area, which is near where I lived. And I didn't know anybody that worked there, but I, it stuck in my head, so he planted a seed, right? So about six months later, I'm at my son's football practice, and we're sitting on the sidelines, and we're we're just talking and um and this woman comes up and she'd been running uh she was running around the you know just exercising and she looked amazing and she's one of those people <laughs> that you, you want to not like her but she was so nice uh and we ended up becoming really good friends and so every day we would see every time they had, pra had practice we'd sit at the sidelines and we would talk and we would all be all the parents would be talking which is just another form of networking and at the end of the season, we were bummed because we really liked seeing each other. So I said, why don't you guys come over and we'll watch football and we'll, you guys come over, we'll cook out, that kind of thing. So we had her over and I don't know why, but we really never talked about business when we were out there. But I think that's common when you're, you know, something to do with your kids with sports. I think that's a common thing. It's definitely a common thing. Yeah. And I actually don't think it's a bad thing. I think sometimes we need to, we need to compartmentalize our lives. I agree. And we get to know people on a different level do that so the funny part is at that that part in the in the night we we're getting ready to say good night and decided that we wanted to get together for lunch and I said you said that you work around here what do you do and she said well I work for this property management company and I'm the HR director and in oh my god right and immediately I went oh my god and I started laughing and she said what are you laughing at and I said you're the dream referral for one of my directors. And she, she looked at me, she said, I don't think I've ever been in one stream anyway. <laughs> so we started laughing and I said he wanted your, you know, would be a great referral for him. And anyway, long story short, they ended up getting together and meeting and they ended up hiring him. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it's, it's just that kind of, it's planting the seed and you have to be patient. Like people will come in and, and join B&I, and in two months, if they haven't had referrals, they leave. And it's about building relationships. And yeah. you've got 30, 40 people that you're trying to build a relationship with. That takes time. So you've got you've to do the work up front, and you've also got to do the work of learning, 
learning about their business, learning what do I look for, what do I listen for when I'm out there right. networking for myself, that would help you. Right. And once you become a giver that way, it just naturally comes back around. It's almost a you know a universal law, right? Yeah, and of course Ivan Meisner, who started it, you know his his trademark is giver's gain. I mean, right. you know that's that actually is trademarked and yeah. all of that. So it sounds like when you're a member, your job is to kind of, for lack of a better term, plant triggers, plant uh, you know seeds that people, when they hear them or see them, they recognize them right away. So rather than just anybody who does this, anybody in HR, which if that person said that to you, this, this person probably would never have stuck out to you, but he was very specific. Yeah. So I would think that being specific is good, but I bet people are fearful to be too specific. I don't want to be specific because anybody's good for me kind of thing. Yeah. Right? So, so that, I guess that's one of the things that you teach because people always think, but I want to throw a large net. And sometimes if the net is too large, I imagine that people, you don't stick out to somebody yeah. as a referral opportunity. Definitely. And I think a large, a large message that I'm always trying to give people is, that you're going to be together, and that's why we meet on a weekly basis. Is It's supposed to be drips in a bucket, right? If you come at somebody and you give them all this information at one time, and then I've got 30 other people that I've got to listen to that day, that's a lot of information to process. Yeah. So the idea really is to break your business down into parts and teach me a little bit. It's like, it's like trying to to eat a loaf of bread. You can't eat the entire loaf of bread. You have to break off little pieces. Well, it really kind of depends on who you're talking to. I mean, there's certain days you know, I can eat the true. whole loaf of bread. Uh, you know, it's really good too. <laughs> or you do that marshmallow thing where you stick all the marshmallows in That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very true. Yeah. We don't recommend that in BNI, but it is a fun game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I think, I think the idea is to teach in little bits and pieces so that people can learn about it, think about it, and always try to tell stories because stories are what people remember. They do. I agree with you. I think when people do tell stories, not only do they remember it, I think they can communicate that better to others and go, well, let me tell you about what this guy or this woman did. They can remember it and the other person goes, oh, that really makes them different than just somebody who's you know in HR. Yeah. I like that. So one of the things about B&I that I find really interesting, it's been around, you know, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I know you've done your area. You've grown it, you know, immensely. But over 26 years, how long has it actually been around, though? Like, worldwide, when did he start, B&I? 1985 is when it started. Okay, so it's obviously been around a long time. It's extremely popular. And I know there's a lot of people out there that feel like, I don't need to do that. I'll just start it on my own. I'll just, you know, there's a lot of people that are copycats of that. You know, it's funny. I even hear people go, yeah, I'm in like a B&I meeting. I go, which one? I go, well, they go, well, it's not B&I. It's like, you know, B&I like. So it's almost being used, you know, in that way. Mm -hmm. How do you, you know, deal with that? Uh, you know, how do you respond to people that feel like I can do this on my own? Well, it's funny. You, you, you hear it a lot. And, uh, I, I tell people that if they if they don't want you know, if they say oh it's too strict or I don't want to have to be there we're going to do it every other week or once a month or, right. so I think if you've got to figure out what fits for you and B and I is not for everybody so I totally get it and if you decide that you wanted to put something together and uh, I would call it B and I light which is you're, you're sort of watering down what we have put in place. Which, you know, if that works for you, there's right. no criticism. But the idea really is when you're trying to be successful at this, you've really got to put 
certain guidelines in place and structure in place so that it becomes second nature to people that all they have to focus on to be successful is learning about the other people, showing up, and really training themselves to digest that information. How do I bring in referrals? Let the rest of it take care of itself, and that's what we do. So when you go in and you try to start your own, you don't realize that down the road you're going to be dealing with member conflicts and uh, this person's been out and we don't have a rule for that or this person's not showing up or they're sending too many subs or they're not, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Uh We like to think of ourselves like Disney where we have a whole underground that we're running stuff behind the scenes and really it just looks like it runs really smoothly. So we take the work out of that part and make it easy for the members to be able to bring the business. And that may be why people think they can just copycat it because they don't see that. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think people feel like, well, I can see I see what everybody's doing in here. I'll just duplicate it. And you're right. I think there are, I mean, obviously there are a lot of things that wouldn't grow the way it was. I mean, there's right. like anything else, any large business, a franchise business, any large business, there are processes in place that they shouldn't be very obvious. They should just be natural. I mean, I didn't think of it like that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's he's done, he's kind of, we've always joked that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So, right. you know, he's done a lot of... Um, trial and error very early on and he figured out what worked. And the interesting thing is the people that actually make all of the guidelines and the rules and processes for BNI, all of the all of the rules that are in place, the attendance policy and all that, they're made up by members. So we have an international board of advisors and it's completely made up of members and they're the ones that actually set the guidelines. So it's funny when we get criticism from somebody and they say, oh, you're trying to put too many real rules in place. It's actually fellow members that have created those rules and, and know that they work. So that's the interesting part. And that makes sense. I mean, that's who should be making it up. They're the ones that are, you know, boots on the ground every day. I mean, I think that's yeah. a good way to do and it. And actually, Danny Haberman, who is um, in my region, he's my representative on the International Board of Advisors. He's oh, now he's the, on it. He's actually the president of it now for the entire world. Wow. Yeah. So wow. very proud of that. And uh, he's incredible. He's a yeah. great representative. Local attorney. Right? Local yeah. attorney, yeah, personal injury attorney, Boca on um, the business exchange chapter, which is, uh, I have so many great chapters. That's one of my, my really great ones. And uh, he does a phenomenal job. Wow. So when we talk about, you know, change and pivoting and all that, yeah. the pandemic was crazy. And B&I is really made up of getting together on a regular basis, whether yeah. it's breakfast or lunch, you know, every week. And you see these people and you interact and, you know, a lot of people that are in B&I are, are, they're not necessarily salespeople, but they have a business. They're people that are used to being with other people. Yeah. How did the pandemic, I know you went to Zoom on a lot of things, how did that change things? Uh, how long did you have to do that? Did people like it? Were they complaining? That had to be a huge change for a business like yours. It was enormous, yeah. And we actually were not sure how it was going to be received. We just yeah. knew that we needed... Um, to jump in and make a change really quickly, which I'm so grateful to to corporate for. They were thinking way, way ahead on it. So it took us literally two weeks to get everybody up and running. Wow. So March 13th is kind of when everything went (laughs) shut down. And by, I think it was the first week in April, we launched Zoom. And it was, you know, you got a learning curve and people don't like change, so they resist it. But I think really quickly they started to see, especially about six months in when we could give them the statistics, it was interesting to see that we didn't really lose many members at all. 
Wow. Um, the, most of the members that we lost were members that either had to temporarily shut down their business or to uh, went, you know, they lost their job. But what we did was we also supported them and said, we're just going to freeze your membership. And should you come back, we're going to, we're going to just reactivate it. So that's smart. So what we ended up doing was really helping out the people that were going through those issues and then helping them adjust to it. So it took, you know, it, I think we were in that phase for a good year and a half, almost two. And we now have everybody meeting back in person, except for I think three chapters that their members decided the majority of the membership really enjoyed the Zoom format worked for them. So they stayed in the Zoom format. Isn't that funny? And yeah, so it, it seemed to work for those couple of groups. So um, yeah, and then the, the groups that are back in person, they're doing great. The ones that are meeting on Zoom, they now meet usually about once a month and they'll do socials, they do one-to-ones in person. So they still get that in-person contact. Right. So they, they meet weekly on the on the Zoom call and then they are Zoom whatever webinar and then they, they meet in person just to kind of stay in contact, which is nice. It's amazing how things change. Like if you would never think probably ten years ago if you said, if we'd like to do this online, everybody would be like, What? No way, we're not doing yeah. that. And probably you got that resistance too, but now it's worked out to a point where some people actually liked it even better. Hard to believe. Yeah. Well that's a that was a pivot of Monumental. Yeah, no question. For everybody. No question. Yeah. So, you know, kind of some final advice. I mean, you have worked with and overseen for 26 years very successful business people, Mm -hmm. whether they're salespeople, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're professionals. What are some advice that you would give them to help them build their business, you know, individually? What what should they be doing? What are those, those real takeaways that they can go, oh, that makes sense to me? I like to see people have almost, you know, in, in the financial arena, they call it having a, you know, we have a portfolio, right? And a diversified portfolio is typically seen as, as your best bet. Right. So stocks, bonds, mutual funds, you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Right. And I kind of think the same thing is true for uh, marketing and networking your business. I think B&I should be a, a prominent piece of what you do because, it's that one-on-one contact. You've got those salespeople that are invested in your success. You're invested in their success. And this yields very long-term relationships and loyalty that even if you were to have left B&I because maybe you got a promotion, and those our relationship doesn't change. So you still refer me business 5, 10, 15 years later, Crazy. which is amazing. But in addition to B&I, you want to be a well-networked person in general mm-hmm. to feed your, your B&I network as well as yourself, and also to continue to educate yourself and, um, and broaden your, your relationships. So Ivan Meisner has talked about your network is better if it's narrow and deep than if it's really wide and shallow. That makes sense. So you really want to have those deep relationships and work to form those relationships. So having BNI as one, uh, one thing is, uh, is a great place to have your networking take place. Then being part of, let's say, a chamber of commerce. That's a great place to, to network and, and meet new people in business and, and keep your, your, your tentacles out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we love chambers of commerce. I love working with them. Um, I, I see that as a, a reciprocal uh, relationship. relationship. Yeah. And then you know a trade organization or something that's more specific to you and your needs and your business 
that all of those things will continue to feed your business. That also makes you more well networked and more valuable to your BNI chapter. Smart, like smart. Sandy, thank you so much. I cannot believe how long it has taken us to do this, but we did it. <laughs> We're here. Horror. We did I, it. I know. So, thank you so much. I no. appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah.